He knows that with each step of faith we take, we can see a little clearer when we get there and become more confident to take the next step. And one of the reasons it's like that is because God's vision for our life is much bigger and better and more challenging than we can ever have for ourselves. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Are you looking for a place to promote your products, services, church, or a great advertising vehicle? On the Bright Side is open to a select number of exclusive advertising partners. Get a deeply discounted package with exclusivity, endorsement, and web and social media inclusion. Call today, 847-312-8197. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. In the Word of God, there's a scripture in Proverbs, and it's kind of scary. This is what it says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to perish. So I guess I'm going to need some vision in my life. Obviously, having vision for our life is important. But in this day and age where the here and now is, is so much in focus, I wonder sometimes if we really understand just what vision is what it means, how to get it. And more importantly, do we know how to expand our vision into a powerful force in our life? Webster defines vision as the unusual discernment of foresight. Ironically, I don't think Webster defined it very well. I don't get that. I like the one that this writer said. He said, vision is the promise of what you shall one day become. My own translation is something like this. Vision is the big idea of what could happen in your life. So right now, as we're rushing quickly to the end of 2009 and the beginning of a brand new year, I want to share with you three things to get you thinking about the vision in your life. The first thing to understand about vision is this. We get to share His vision God has perfect vision. He's the only one who can see the entire picture. And he allows us to share in his vision for the world. And he revealed it to us in the words of Christ when he said, Whosoever believeth in me shall have everlasting life. And through Christ, the message of love and truth was so powerful that it's been alive and active and has lasted for thousands of years. So believing and sharing God's vision is the most important thing that we can do. And if we want to have vision in our life, the best way is to first grab hold of His. Finding your vision in life starts by sharing His. The second thing to know about vision is that our vision can be big and blurry. It can be big and blurry at the same time. In fact, it usually is. Even when it's inspired, there's a reason for that. Because God can give us a vision, but he doesn't often give us a clear picture of the end result. He doesn't show us all the details and every task that has to be achieved along the way. He knows that with each step of faith we take, we can see a little clearer when we get there and become more confident to take the next step. 
And one of the reasons it's like that is because God's vision for our life is much bigger and better and more challenging than we can ever have for ourselves. If he showed us the whole picture at once, we couldn't deal with it. As great as we know that heaven is, how many of us have a clear vision of what it's like? It's kind of like the way that my wife deals with me around the Christmas season. She knows she can't tell me all at once how much money she's spending on everybody for Christmas. (laughs) Because she knows I can't handle it that way. So she tells me a little at a time so I can keep my Christmas spirit. (laughs) So our vision can be big, and it's okay that it's somewhat hazy. Because we move toward it by being focused on how to move one more step closer to the part that we can see. And finally, what's really important to know about vision is that it takes faith to have vision in your life. With each step of faith we take, God brings more clarity of our vision. And as our vision becomes clearer, our faith grows stronger. And it's not enough to just have a vision. It always takes faith to realize it. Let me ask you this morning, do you have a vision for your life, for your family, for your business, your church, your ministry? If you don't, you can believe that God will give you one. And if you do, it doesn't have to be a clear vision for it still to be yours. It just has to be enough to drive you to take those first steps of faith to realizing it. And whatever you see, I promise you that God's vision is much bigger and better for you than you can imagine. We're the ones with the limitations, not Him. And when we invite Him to be the architect of our vision, then the sky is not even the limit. And I can promise you that something good will happen to you. In Jesus' name. What is heaven like? Coming up, find out why every Christian, both young and old, should rejoice in the promise and anticipation of heaven. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. Are you looking for a place to promote your products, services, church, or a great advertising vehicle? On the Bright Side is open to a select number of exclusive advertising partners. Get a deeply discounted package with exclusivity, endorsement, and web and social media inclusion. Call today. 847-312-8197. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. First, let me ask you a question. How many of you saw some of the royal wedding a few weeks ago? You know, Prince William, Kate, yeah, a bunch of you. I, I I have to confess that I didn't really watch any of it live. Uh, fortunately, it was a really big deal. It was kind of like ESPN, ESPN Sports Center. Uh, I had plenty of opportunity to see the highlights of the wedding. And I, I have to say, it was quite an event, and the British really know how to throw a party. Uh, how many knew that Des and Mary came from a place that liked to party so much? I mean, who knew? 
I think, though, most American men had some of the same observations that I did when I saw it. The first thing was I just couldn't help but wonder, since I have two daughters and I paid for a few of these things, is who is paying for all that? I was, I was really feeling it for the father of the bride. I mean, I know he's thinking, of all the lads in England, she has to marry the monarch. My accent wasn't so great, was it? Well, anyway, I figure the father of the bride choked on a crumpet or something when he heard what this thing was going to cost. And, and they say that over 2 billion people witnessed this wedding all over the world. The actual cost of the wedding was around $32 million. They spent over a million dollars on flowers. The wedding cake... $80,000, which, by the way, Ron Schaefer, that makes our sign seem like a really good deal. <laughs> but anyway, while taking all of this royal wedding stuff in, I couldn't help but think this may have been the biggest celebration that the world has ever seen. And it was such a great celebration that I transitioned that to I couldn't help but wonder how it will compare to the celebration that we'll have someday when we come together in heaven and meet Jesus. And I have to tell you, I like thinking about heaven. I don't think about dying very much, but I like thinking about heaven. I don't know why we don't talk about heaven more. Some people say, well, you can't talk about heaven without talking about hell. Yes, you can. I disagree with that. Why would anyone want to talk about hell except in context of acknowledging its horrible existence? I don't want to go there, so I don't want to talk about it. Talking about hell instead of heaven is like talking about Beirut instead of Hawaii. I've never been there, but I've heard enough about it to know I don't want to go. But heaven... Heaven is somewhere I really want to go in a place that I want to see. I realize that the word is a little sketchy at best in describing heaven, but I believe that the Lord even had a purpose in that. But let me remind you of a few things that we do know about heaven. Like where is, where is heaven? Is it where, where are we going to find it? Well, let me tell you something. Heaven is a real place like Chicago. <laughs> Vic says, I hope not. <laughs> okay, our Fort Worth, Texas. Listen to what the Lord said the night before he was crucified. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Heaven is a place where God lives, and he has rooms for people, like Rich Carlton. What is heaven like? We have to piece together these facts from all over the Bible, but the Word tells us that heaven is a city designed and built by God himself. Heaven is described as a better country and like a paradise. Heaven is where Christians go when they die. It says that the streets are paved with gold and the gates inlaid in pearls. And based on the world, 
based on the word, there's some assumptions about heaven that we can't make. Like this, it would be a city with no pollution and no crime and no violence. No greedy politicians. No drug dealers. We believe it's filled with beautiful parks, rivers, meadows, flowing streams, flowers that bloom all the time. Every plant free from disease. There'll be the sound of children laughing, bright conversation, music floating in all directions. There'll be no tears, no sorrow, no regret, no remorse, no bitterness, no failure, no wheelchairs, no eyeglasses, no hearing aids, no hospitals, no nursing homes, no paramedics, no ambulances, no cancer. No heart, no heart attacks, no headaches, therefore no aspirin. And there's one thing for sure you won't find in heaven. You know what that is? Cemeteries. There's no funerals in the city where no one ever dies. You see, when you accept Christ, you have to believe in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, heaven is a real place. It's a place where by faith we know that the Lord intentionally spared us all the details of heaven. Why would he do that? I can tell you what I believe. I believe it's because heaven is so magnificent, so wonderful a place. Our minds could never grasp it or understand it. The word helps me out there. It says this. This is the King James Version. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. I believe the word is saying that the Lord has a celebration prepared for us that will make the royal wedding look like a tailgate party. Every Christian, every Christian, young and old, should rejoice every day in the promise and anticipation of heaven. And not just because it's really there or because of what it will be like, but mainly because of who is there. Because not only will we be reunited with our loved ones who have gone before us, but we at last will meet our Master and our Creator and the Savior of our souls. Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. The one who we will worship without distraction, will serve without exhaustion, We'll fellowship without fear. We'll learn without fatigue. And we'll live. We'll live in glory forever and ever. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I want to go there. I want to go there this morning. Can you say amen? One thing I learned about when I, when I went to, when I went to uh, prepare a few words about heaven is you can't do it in five minutes. One of the most frustrating things I've ever done. You can't talk about heaven in a few minutes. You want to talk about heaven as long as we want to be there forever. Look what the Lord has done. When you get discouraged, just look how far you've come. Look at what you've come through. Stay tuned to hear how reflecting on this simple phrase can help you find your purpose. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. Attention small business owners. If you operate a retail business and are looking for great selling products with high margins, consider becoming a Nebo dealer. Nebo was founded by Christian business owners Bob and Glenn Bollinger and is the leading brand for independent retailers everywhere. Here's why. 
Nevo partners with retailers to maximize valuable counter space, a constant stream of new innovative lights, incredible impulse displays, and an industry-only buyback guarantee, which means Nevo will buy back your inventory in the unlikely event it doesn't sell. So if you own a retail business of any type, become a Nebo dealer and start turning profits like never before. Receive a free no-obligation sample of a great Nebo light and see for yourself. That's right. Get a free Nebo light and a Nebo catalog. To get your free flashlight and catalog, go to NeboDealer.com or call 847-312-8197. That's NeboDealer.com or call 847-312-8197. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. How many saw our boy Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman get inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame yesterday? Wasn't, wasn't that great? I thought it was. And, you know, what was interesting was how Troy spent most of his time in his speech thinking all the people who helped him in his life. Did you, did you remember that? And actually, all the inductees did that. And you know, this is not uncommon because every time you reach a major goal in your life or you make a major change in your life, it's good to reflect on where you've been and how you got to this place. And I know my brother Glenn and I, is, you know, we have this habit, especially when we feel like our business is bogged down and we're frustrated because, you know, the lack of progress... Sometimes we sit down and we say, well, let's just look where we were a year ago. You know, let's re- remember we, f- we fired that guy that we didn't like or uh, we started doing business with some customer that we, we, we didn't have before. But we'll reflect on the positive things that have happened all the time knowing that we had had some setbacks, that we had some new obstacles to climb. But by looking back... And taking the overview, overview, we're always able to say this. Look what the Lord has done. Where would we be without the Lord? So I've decided that being able to say, look what the Lord has done, is a healthy and necessary thing for us Christians to do. Not so that we can congratulate ourselves for any victory that we may have but so that we can remind ourselves of all the things that we've come through. Did you know that the first song that there's any record of in the scriptures takes place in Exodus? And it's a song from the Israelites to the Lord. And the song talks about how God rescued them and saved them from Pharaoh and his army. And I don't know what the music would have been like, but it was a big hit. But what they were doing, they were looking at what the Lord had done for them. We need to do that in every area of our life, in our relationships, in our finances, and certainly in our spiritual life. And when you do that, even if we're going through a trial in one area of our life, we'll find we can still marvel at what he's done for us in another. And it's also important to tell people what the Lord has done for you in your life. When Jesus delivered... The young man who had the demons. He told him. When they they said, what do you want to do with him? He said, he told the young man, he said, go home and tell your family what the Lord has done for you. And that he has had mercy on you. I believe the Lord would rather us tell someone what he's done for us. Than he would to preach to them or give them a lesson. 
So I couldn't help it. Coming into church this morning, I stood at the front, front entrance over on the side and I said, Look what the Lord has done. I mean, it was not quite two years ago that we agreed to come together and build the Children's Center and to renovate the sanctuary. And it was only a few years ago that Mike and Cheryl Ballard came and just inspired us to invest and to act on this on his vision in the children's ministry. And a few years ago, Stephen Evans was just forming his vision for global evangelism. And already there's been two successful crusades in other countries and another one planned coming up. A few years ago, Pastor Dez was struggling with his health. But he's come through that. <laughs> Praise God. He's been able to return to Israel, and he and Mary have two beautiful granddaughters to show off over the last few years. I look around and I see so many testimonies. Look what the Lord has done. When you get discouraged, just look back. Look how far you've come. Look at what you've come through. You can realize that every good thing comes from the Lord. You see, this is the point. We need to look back in order to have the faith to go forward. Because he's faithful. In spite of our disappointments and our failures, he's always faithful. I know that sometimes you feel like nothing's working. Just look at what the Lord has done. You just can't do it without being filled with gratitude. And gratitude is the only path to contentment. There's an old saying that says, He who forgets gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. So look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. It'll help you find your purpose. It'll give you a new perspective. And it'll cause you to realize your potential. In Jesus' name, just look what the Lord has done. You have been listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Are you looking for a place to promote your products, services, church, or a great advertising vehicle? On the Bright Side is open to a select number of exclusive advertising partners. Get a deeply discounted package with exclusivity, endorsement, and web and social media inclusion. Call today. 847-312-8197. That's 847-312-8197. Or Bobby at onthebrightside.org. 847-312-8197. Or Bobby at onthebrightside.org. Pregnant, single, alone. Where does a young woman in this situation turn to for help? Embrace grace. Does your church stand in the gap for young pregnant women in need of love and support? Embrace grace. How can a congregation be both pro-life and pro-love? Embrace grace. Embrace grace responds with love to women in an unplanned pregnancy. Embrace grace reaches out with kindness and acceptance and without judgment. Nearly 500 churches offer Embrace Grace, a gospel-centered program designed to help single pregnant moms let go of past hurts and wounds and prepare them spiritually, emotionally, and practically for motherhood. Embrace Grace paves the way for young single women to become spiritually and emotionally healthy parents. Visit EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484 to learn how your church can embrace grace 
That's EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484.